I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. And that's it. This is Queen Speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? This is Queen Speaking. I'm Brianna. And I'm Sid. All right, Sid. How have you been doing? Been good. 2018, off to uh, a pretty good start. Uh, I've been hitting the uh, award show (laughs) circuit pretty hard recently in the last, what, we start in January and we're going all the way through, I think, February for all of the... uh, March, March, you're right. Is it? The Oscars are March 4th. Um, So that's kind of what I've been focused on, (laughs) (laughs) is all my awards. Is there one specific movie that you're like, this is my shining star for the season? That's a good question. So unfortunately, uh, The Big Sick didn't get as much love as I would have liked at the Golden Globes or at the SAGs, but they did get a lot more than I anticipated them getting for the Oscar nominations. So mm-hmm. um, I really highly recommend that one. It is funny and thoughtful and the true story of, I'm going to totally butcher his name, but if you know the show uh, Silicon Valley, he's mm-hmm. in that show. So if you look up The Big Sick and see the whole gamut of people um he is the co-writer and lead in it and um it was just really good i it like made me feel good and i really like heavy movies i feel like for some reason and this one was lighthearted but also very thoughtful um so that one the big sick and i also really liked i tanya which i saw with you yes and i am surprised i liked it as much as i did because I was ready to say no because it wasn't really on my list of ones that I needed to see. But it was so good. Yeah, Margot Robbie really did a number in that one. Yeah. And I feel like even just hearing the story from um, a different perspective, because when the whole incident happened with uh, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan with the the knee-bashing situation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that was when we were like five years old. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we were young. It was in the nineties and we were kiddos. And so to be able to see it from an adult perspective, um, and to kind of have the story as told by the true Tanya Harding, like these were legit interviews. And mm-hmm. so to see kind of like the comparison at the end of the credits of like the real people that actually, it was crazy. <laughs> like, I am sorry that your life led to this to where it did and you almost so when I was talking to my father who's in his 70s and I was speaking with a woman that I go to the gym with who's also probably in her like 60s and 70s they both were like I'm not really excited to to see that one because I lived through it like I saw what I needed to see I understand and I was like that's a really interesting perspective because like you said I we were alive but we were definitely not paying attention to this because we were very young and I I was trying to push them both just a little bit to go see it because I thought that it was such a uh, accurate fr- from you know what the movie portrayed of what really happened versus what the media might have portrayed to happen and I think that's the the biggest thing that really resonated with me when seeing that movie it was like oh my gosh 
this was kind of the start of the, you know, 24 hour news cycle. And like, let's paint this picture. Like we've got this beautiful, pretty princess that is Nancy Kerrigan. And, you know, then Tanya Harding and people saying that she is this white trash person who, you know, who didn't deserve or didn't fit the mold for what the skating community wanted to represent their organization and to see how the media just took it and ran with it. And we're like, we're going to make this what we want to make it. And like the moment that it ended, they dropped it and we're on to the next story. That to me was like, you need to pay attention to this. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And I will say like on top of just the acting itself from every, every person in the movie, Alison Janey has, has gotten, I think she's gotten the gold, the globe and the sag for her performance. And I am, I'm going to put it out there, but I think she's going to get the Oscar because she in the supporting actress role, because, and I didn't get it because I don't think I saw it until after the golden globes and her performance was show-stopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she doesn't look or seem like Alice and Janney, and which is obviously what we're always looking for in a great actor. <laughs> but I was so... Um, I was just so engrossed in her character throughout the entire... She plays Tanya Harding's uh, mother. And it was just... She was so good. So well-deserved every award that she's gotten for this. And I'm looking forward to seeing if she gets the Oscar for it, too. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see. What about you? What's going on? So right now I've been in this mode of I've had a lot since the holidays, just a backlog of podcasts that I've wanted to to listen to. And so yesterday I got through my whole list of like episodes that I've been really wanting to catch up on. And so I listened to one about Oprah 2020 from Stuff Mom Never Told You. I learned about crazy new food trends from Splendid Kitchen. So I feel like the mix of things that I've been listening to have kind of provided a little bit of like, okay, you're back. You're back now. It's it's officially January and you're like, you're now in it and you're living life the way that I'm like coming out of this like hibernation mode a little bit. <laughs> so it's been uh, interesting and eye-opening. Learning, yes. learning and just like, trying to to catch up with like real life in a way. I totally agree. And to your point about, you know, how 2018 we're off and running. I think when I got back to work on what was it, January 2nd, we were back like in full swing mm-hmm. at full-time job mode. I was like, it's already the end of January. <laughs> like, I was already there, which is awful, but it, it really was. I feel like the month has flown by and that I already felt like we were like, at a sprint from the time we, we were back into 2018, which, which is probably good. And now we're learning how to like slow it back down a little bit as we get to February. So yeah. I'm with you. But. So, so keeping that in mind, what are, what's inspiring you lately? So there were a few things since probably the beginning of January slash end of, uh, December that I was reflecting on and that I think really gave me a lot of power. And what I do when I look for something to kind of talk about in this segment is I look at my Twitter feed where I'm at mind body Sid. And I, I go back to that. Cause I'm like in the moment when I'm reading these articles I immediately will either post them or retweet them because it's, I don't put anything there that doesn't like really bring me to life. So there were a few things I think that really spoke really, um, genuinely to me right now. 
one of which was the Shine Text article. And I think we've talked a little bit about Shine Text before, but we'll include this in the show notes. Um, there was around the anniversary of the Women's March on January 20th, there was a Shine Text article that was called How to Be an Activist Without Attending a Protest. And what it was was 12 options for someone to do if, if going out and, and representing at a protest was not the way that you show up for your cause or for your group or to how, how to um, be active in, in that like civil activist type of role. And there were a few that really stood out to me and the kind of tried and true, I think, are calling your senator and doing something like that and, and making those calls and acting showing up that way. Um, but there were also how the one that really stood out to me was educating yourself. So if you're showing up to a protest, I think that's awesome. I've done it and it is really powerful to be surrounded by so many people. But I think the thing that's going to really help you in other situations where you might be surrounded by people who have differing opinions than yours is educating yourself and understanding why you feel the way you do and what kind of backup you have to support the way that you feel and and what everything that's going on in the world. And I love that because I think that's the thing that kind of falls to the bottom of the list sometimes. Um, So I really, really like that article because I think not everybody is a protester and we shouldn't make people feel like they have to be if that's not their Mm -hmm. comfort zone. So I love that. I find that very inspiring. And also something, because I like to find good ways for me to, like, get up and and do something. But it usually starts with, like, maybe I should just read a little bit more about what's happening. (laughs) Right, right. And there are so many, there, obviously, there's a lot of places to get information right now. Um, And there are a few that are, um, in my opinion, really trustworthy. One, I've been following Brittany Packnett, who is on the podcast Pod Save the People, and she's a VP at Teach for America. And she has been super, super vocal. And on her Instagram stories every day, she's got her morning reading. And the morning reading has like, really um, poignant articles from different places around the internet on how to educate yourself and and what you should be kind of staying on top of. So I'll post that too, but I just love everything that she does. So shout out to Brittany Packnett. I love you. (laughs) I I feel like the other thing too is that um, I heard one of the things that actually makes more of a difference when, you know, they're voting on bills and all the stuff that's been happening lately where it's pretty contentious and what's happening within Congress and all of the the dynamics of what we can do as individuals is really important. And I heard someone say that phone calls actually are a better way to get in touch with people than emailing. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, just hearing that, I was like, okay, I know that if I do take an action, I'll pick up the phone. And then secondarily, save your senator's phone numbers or your representatives, um, in Congress, put those phone numbers in your phone. So it's a quick, like it's saved so it as a contact a search before yeah. you get there. You're not hunting. It's like, I've already done the work. I put the effort in. This is the one individual or many individuals that I need to contact. And this is my, this is my point of action. That's great. I know like you're doing everything you can to make this an easy process from the jump is so important. So you're right. Just having them just saved like you would your best friend or something to make that call really easy is a good idea. Well, I appreciate you te- for teaching me uh, about your inspiration because 
feel like I can take something from that on my own. <laughs> it's really, I was, I just love that. It was obviously like great and timely for the anniversary of the women's March. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love that they, they acknowledge that not everybody is the poster holding yelling being out there in the field type of person and they're not shaming someone who maybe has like a social something and they can't be around that many people or something like that. I just, I really appreciated the, uh, the option to do something different. That's just as impactful and just as powerful. Yeah. So, um, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, Oprah's golden globe lifetime achievement award speech. I think we're all still on an incredible high (laughs) from, her speech. I mean, I could recite it word for word, but instead <laughs> what we'll do is we'll just post it from the New York Times article that covered it the following day after the Golden Globes. But holy Toledo, man, she is just, she is just, <laughs> she is everything. <laughs> so I was, I was about that speech. And, uh, I think everybody I know was just on such a high the whole week following that there was just a lot of energy around her. And I, I think um, what is really awesome about what happened in that moment was like, I think a lot of us really needed some inspiration or someone at least to like get up on stage and inspire us because I can't necessarily say that I'm getting that from the president of the United States. <laughs> Throw that out right there. Right this minute? No, not so much. And so to have, I'm not saying that, you know, Oprah should run for president. But I am saying that it's really powerful to have someone in the community stand up and say something that really resonates with a a large audience and going beyond, like, obviously the impact that it has on us as women is really wonderful. Um, And just feeling like, okay, we we are committed to this. I feel really passionate. I'm excited. Um, And I feel re-inspired or reinvigorated in some capacity, but then taking it to that next level of like, you know, hopefully inspiring other gentlemen in your lives and, you know, people out in the community who, um, respect her in a different capacity than, um, necessarily as like thinking about it in a true leadership perspective. Um, but like, wow. Yeah. I was, we were, cause we watched it together. <laughs> Sid and <laughs> I were like, every year. <laughs> Sid and I were like, Oh my God. And I think one of our friends started like trying to talk to me and I was like, I need to hear this. Yeah. And by the end of her speech, that friend was crying (laughs) and like, she's just, obviously she's a phenomenal speaker. We all know that. But I think what's awesome about Oprah is that she's a no BS type of woman. And she, what she was speaking was truth to power and, Mm -hmm. and it was not sugarcoated. Um, it was, wonderfully spoken, but all of its contents were actionable and fantastic and inspiring. And I think that we should never take our national treasure of Oprah for granted. Yeah. And it made me really miss her talk show. (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) Same, same for me, same for me. So, uh, that's the other thing that really has been getting me actually through the whole month. So, so there's that, but what about you, Brian? I feel like, um, my inspiring quote in this uh, context actually has a lot to do with the theme for our conversation today (laughs) because I have been actively working on being more present. And so with that, I've kind of tried to take a little bit of a a moment to break for five or 10 minutes each day and meditate for a second. And the mantra that I've been 
sharing with myself is you are enough. And I think that that's just a really powerful message to tell yourself. And it, it's shockingly amazing how helpful it is to just acknowledge, like give yourself a compliment, Mm -hmm. like your life is full. Everything is fine. (laughs) You're doing, you're doing great. (laughs) Because for me, my struggle is that, um, like when I have just a lot going on, I forget to like pause and be aware of what's happening. And so to take that five or 10 minutes is really powerful for me. And so just to repeat to myself, you are enough is that's what's getting you through. It's, and it's doing it. That sounds like something you could even, I don't know if anybody does this anymore, but like right on your, uh, your vanity mirror in your bathroom or something yeah, first thing some in the lipstick. morning. Yeah. And some lipstick, soap, whatever, dry erase marker, <laughs> but just to have it there permanent marker, <laughs> forever, <laughs> just to have it there. Because I agree. I think monitoring to yourself is really powerful and it puts you in a really meditative state, but having that reminder, like to read it every day or write it every day or something like that, especially Actually, such a powerful phrase like you are enough when I feel like you are loved and love yourself like those are really helpful but you are enough just adds some extra oomph for me for some reason and I think it really it gives you that like puff up your chest and like take on the day mentality so I really like that yeah and so I think to that point I'm ready for you to give it to me straight Sid What we're talking about today. Yeah, what are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are getting into mindfulness. And what I'm excited about around this topic is that, um, again, kind of like what we talked about with self-care around the wellness mentality, is that it it is very different for everybody. So I'm excited for us to be able to talk about what mindfulness means for us and how it can be helpful, whoever you are, if you're a meditation person, if you're not, if you are a go, go, go or not. Um, I think it's, it's a really personal thing that I'm excited to get into today. Yeah. So I agree with you. And so to define mindfulness first and foremost, I think the easiest way to talk about it is that you're present, you're Mm -hmm. being present. You are fully conscious and aware of your experiences in the moment that it's happening. Yes. So absolutely. Boom. Bottom line period. Start there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hard to do. I, I think more than anything, well, when you think about mindfulness, it's kind of a hot topic right now. And I think that is the thing that you need to remember is, is that it is simply being present, but simple is like the, it's the furthest thing from simple for some reason, even though definition is short and sweet and we can get there and we can talk about it, but actually doing it, I think in, especially right now, it's really easy to get ahead of yourself either with work or with life or with relationships. Like you're always I mean, I guess for me, especially, I'm sure you're the same way, especially in the nature of the work that we do. I'm always at least a month out in my head Mm -hmm. for everything. Um, I'm already thinking about May, just so everybody's (laughs) aware that's insane. (laughs) That is insane. I am thinking about summer because it's cold and I'm ready for summer. (laughs) But (laughs) then I secondarily, I'm like, good for you for being proactive, Brianna. (laughs) I know, right? And that's like kind of the push-pull of like, society tells us to be prepared. We should always be thinking ahead, but mindfulness that is like sorely against what mindfulness is. (laughs) So like with everything, I think we talk about, it is a balance and it is finding moments to have those mindfulness breaks and to figure out what will bring you back to your present and, and how you will kind of like sit with yourself for a second and what is going to work for you when it comes to that. 
Yeah. And in one of our past episodes, um, we talked about how important it is just to take those five minutes for yourself between tasks um, and how impactful it is just to take a break and reflect on like, all right, I have a break. Let me just soak it in for a minute and not multitask or like scroll through your phone. And that's an important part of this whole process too, is like, it's habit forming in a way is like each thing that you do. Cause to, from my perspective, I have been told on so many occasions, like meditation is so helpful or like being mindful is, will change your life. And I'm like, those are great things to hear, but where the F do I start? Right. Right. (laughs) Because like, I always find that there's just this deluge of information that I'm like, there's so many options for me to to take on or there's like this article here or this perspective here and so it can kind of seem overwhelming and when someone just says like be mindful or be present i'm like how right so i think one of the things that we want to get into a little bit more today is the how part of it because there are so many ways for you to actively in incorporate this into your life or like you may already be doing it but not mindful of it right <laughs> love see what, it see what i did there <laughs> <laughs> jokes you got jokes but you're right i think the the how and the starting point is really important because that's the thing that no one really breaks down for you is and it's like with everything right like you have to figure out how to start um and this is no different even though it's supposed to be helpful and relaxing and 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 make you better I think in general um it's it's hard to find that point it's actually hard to (laughs) (laughs) as we found so I'm sorry but this is gonna take some work yeah (laughs) like with everything worth doing (laughs) but it'll be worth it in the end guys I promise (laughs) it always is it always is so uh so we ready to speak at Queens heck yes all right let's get into it uh, Brianna, I know that you use, uh, a, an app, but one of the things we wanted to give you all like kind of an inside look at was the different apps that are available if meditation is your thing. So I'm mm-hmm. going to let Brianna talk a little bit more about that. Yes. So there are many apps out there and depending on what you're looking for, um, we'll link to a bunch of these in our show notes, but, um, Headspace is one, and that's actually one that I tried to get into, but again, when I was I wasn't in the right headspace uh-huh. to... I'm just killing it today. <laughs> Check it off the list. <laughs> um, but I think you have to be prepared to like put in some effort and kind of like navigate it in a certain way. So um, what's great about some of these apps is that um, you kind of need to like test and trial some things to figure out what's, what actually works for you. And so Headspace is really great because they have guided meditations. They have reminders. You can kind of see like community-based tips. Um, and so I probably would actually enjoy this now considering the other app that I started using, which um, I actually found that I was reading um, an article, I think, on Career Contessa, and they had linked to Simple Habit. 
And so this is one of those apps too, where they have a bunch of free options, but I ended up paying for like a year subscription um, because it was around the holidays. And so they had a deal. And so I was like, based on mathematics, I was like, this only costs me like four to $6 a month or something. And so I was like, worth it. And I was like, if I don't do this, I'm not committing. So like, that's another perspective from like the meditation side of things and just kind of forming this habit of like, figuring out what works for you. Um, for me, it was like, if I pay something, that means motivation. that's like motivation enough for me because then I'll feel bad that I wasted money. Um, so like for me, that was something that was really important. And so having access to everything and like being able to download. So the perk on that end is I can download um, certain playlists and they have actual like themes. So for example, like a morning meditation, they'll have seven day to kind of get you through the week. Mm. So it's encouraging you every morning or like recommendations for like sleep mindfulness if you have insomnia. So they have a bunch of different um, themes and topics that they cover, um, fear and anxiety, I find it to be really helpful. Um, And then if there's certain moments where you're like, I'm in a spiral, (laughs) freaking out. (laughs) And you're like, I need just like five or 10 minutes just to regroup. There's like a on the go um, section of the app and you can click on that and basically weed through um, some suggestions based on like what your mood is at the time and then pick a meditation based on... um, like how much time you have and what that topic is. And so there were a couple moments where it was like, I feel like I'm a little stressed, like I'm spending too much time thinking about this. So I want something like I'm frustrated. So I'm going to pick like a letting go of my thoughts meditation. And it's been really helpful. And so um, they'll like give you little awards for like, you've meditated three days straight. Like you have a streak of 10 days. And so those, if you like kind of those little rewards or um, reminders, those two apps are really great um, for those purposes. That's Headspace and Simple Habit. I want to ask you, because I know we've talked about this recently and how you commented on, I think at our, our SAG award party gathering, how it is essential to your morning now. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you how long it took for you to get so in the habit of doing this that it, it felt like like when I was drinking apple cider vinegar it was really awful for like the first month and then for like every day after that I couldn't I couldn't start my morning without it so how long did it kind of take you to sink into doing this every day yeah that's a great question and for me it was a I think it was around Thanksgiving time frame that I downloaded the app and was like all right I'm gonna start thinking about this because there were just a couple personal things where I was like there are things that are like taking over my mind that are I'm not comfortable with. And so I was like, I need to just pause and be present. And so around the beginning of December, I started it and I kind of like wobbled here and there. I was inconsistent, but I was like, I like this. I like, and especially because of the conversations we were having, I was like, I feel like this is helpful, but I'm not there yet where it's consistent. And so some weeks it was like, I did it once or twice. And then other weeks I was like, in one sitting, I did 20 minutes of meditation. Wow. So it was kind of, for me, it started out as mood dependent. It was like, I only relied on it when I felt stressed or overwhelmed or some kind of emotional reaction that wasn't like normal state. And so what I was trying to, basically once January hit, I was like, okay, 
So over the holiday, I had a week straight where I was mm-hmm. like, and I just was like, I'm going to try and do it a week straight. No, like need for it on an emotional basis. Just this is an everyday thing. So it was like a small challenge. For yeah. It was like, first. I was like, this is, I know what my triggers are in this moment of like, <laughs> what's going to make me successful at this. So, um, once January hit, I was like, this is kind of, I went through and was focused on my goals for the year. And I was like, this is being present and being mindful is something that I'm really actively trying to work on. So let's work on this throughout January and see what, what I can do. And I'm basically conquered the month. (laughs) So it took me a month of like figuring it out and realizing like, okay, in order for this to be something that works for me and that is like actually like helpful and changing the game for me is considering it as an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. And so five to 10 minutes for me is like, I did two weeks of five minutes and I was like, okay, I think I can, I I think I can add another five minutes on. And so for me, a lot of it was either, um, it was pretty consistent morning time frame. So like literally right after I woke up. Mm -hmm. And so before I scroll through my phone, it was like, okay, I want to like, quote unquote, set an intention for the day. And so just trying to like be active in like, I have five minutes. It's, it's the morning. It's like, I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. And if I start five, if like, say I woke up at exactly 9am and like, I should be starting my work day. No, you have, you can start at 9.05. Like it was kind of also the conscious, like this is not time wasted. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was a mental shift for me as well. And that's really important too. Yeah. To not feel like you're already behind or if you are like, if you need a minute somewhere here and there, like to actually take that minute to, to do what you know will put you on the right track for the rest of the day. Yes. And so since then, um, it's just been, I either do it in the morning or at the end of my day. That's great. That's awesome. I, it makes me think about, and I want to ask you too, if there was anything um, that you had to give up as part of your morning and replace it with this. Cause I find that when I want to do something new, but I already really like structure my day. And like you said, like five minutes is five minutes, but I am a little neurotic and five minutes to me feels like an hour (laughs) for some reason. So when I'm adding something new, I'm like, okay, what needs to go or what needs to adjust or what needs to like kind of get put on the back burner while I try this new thing? Did you find that you had to replace this with something or was it just a a slide into your morning and just an enhancement of what you were already doing? It actually made my mornings more productive. Mm -hmm. So Um, instead of hitting the snooze button or laying in bed for an extra five minutes, or it was like, okay, you're starting your day. So start it. Cause that's, that's always my issue in the morning is like, I'm so lazy. (laughs) So cozy to stay in my duvet. It's like fluffy and warm and I have to get up and make my coffee. So a lot of the ways that I thought about it was like, well, if you're going to be sipping your coffee anyway, just take the five minutes when you're drinking your coffee. So being conscious of um, what you're doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're drinking your coffee in the morning, you don't need to be doing anything else. And so instead it was like more about just single tasking for me. So it didn't really, it actually resulted in me using my time more wisely in the morning. So it, there was never a moment where I was like, Oh my God, now I'm rushed. 
It's yeah. like, oh, I feel great. And you can like actually <laughs> ease into things versus always feel like you're behind. That's so when I was, I had attempted this just so everybody's aware. And this is Brianna and I have a lot of differences between us. This is just one of many of how we <laughs> get, get mindful and how we stay mindful. So I tried Headspace and I will be very honest. I probably didn't give it a fair shot because, um, I didn't devote the, I think that the mental capacity to it, I was like, oh, this is another thing. Everybody says it's going to be great. And I think we've talked about this in other episodes where I'm like, I am the first to try something, but I am not good at sticking with it. If I find within the first week that it's not really working for me instead of figuring out how to make it work for me. So when I tried Headspace, one of the things that it said was to find a comfortable space, like find where your feet are on the ground and your back is straight and things like that. Do you have a place? that you sit and do your meditation every day? Is it like a, is that part of all of it, of of the actual position that you're in and the space that you're in? Yeah. I actually prefer to be laying down. Okay. Because I just feel more comfortable that way. And I think it's because it reminds me of Shavasana and yoga. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what, and I guess again, I like to try new things and take direction. And then I find instead of maybe adjusting something to make it work for me, I'm like, well, what they said isn't working for me. So I'm going to just give it up. (laughs) And you're so right. Because I actually found that I was like this week meditation series, is not helpful for me. And so the, sometimes the guidance that was being given to me, I was like, I am not connecting with you at all. And so thinking about like, what you're actually looking for. And so, um, it's funny that you say that because like, if you don't find the right thing, it's kind of like, you have to figure out how it works for you. And when someone's guiding you through a meditation, it can be really challenging to like accept that as (laughs) you're like, you're like, no, this doesn't work for me. So I, I, it's like you toss your papers and you're gone. (laughs) You're like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. That's I, you know, I, we'll get into this more, I guess, in, in this episode about, again, the differences between Brianna and I and how we find, um, that space to feel present. But so during those meditations that you're doing, is it, is it like a mantra that's like calling you to notice the space around you and notice, I I have to tell you, I tried a chocolate meditation in my, (laughs) (laughs) and I just, I literally just thought of this. So, uh, I don't even know what that means. I'm going to enlighten the F out of you right now. So I had to come up with a stress relief class for my first year seminar class that I, I teach in the fall. And, um, I was at a loss. I mean, last year when we did it, I took everybody outside and we like yelled into the abyss and was like, I'm stressed. And like, we did a, a light yoga stretch and it was great and people really enjoyed it. But I was like, we got to switch it up this year. Cause the class that I had was not going to be down <laughs> for that kind of activity. So I was at a real loss. And then a sophomore who was in my office, we were talking through some things and she was like, why don't you try chocolate meditation? And I'm like, what the hell is that? (laughs) And I was like, that can't be real because it sounds so great. (laughs) And she was like, okay, I'm going to send you some information and like, just see if it's something that you might want to do with your class. And I, I was at a loss at that point. I I had literally a day to figure out what we were going to do for the stress relief class. So I was really willing to take anything. So I read the information that she gave and basically it was a meditation, but instead of thinking about 
being present in things without an aid. This was basically an aid to feel present. So what we did was I gave everybody in my class a piece of chocolate, one little dove chocolate, dark chocolate, because it's my fave. And it was what was in my office. So I didn't have to buy anything. <laughs> You're like, so- oh sweet, I'm just gonna <laughs> empty out my candy jar. <laughs> Which worked for me. And put it in front of every single person around the room. And some people were like, really? not keen you could see it all over their face they're like what is this girl about to freaking do to me there's so many things going through my mind right now i was i and they looked at me like i was crazy i was like we're gonna do a chocolate meditation and of course we had the gamut in my class of people who had literally no no interest in meditation if it was the last thing that they could ever do before you know like if it was a choice that they had to make it make it was always never going to be chocolate meditation and then the other end of the spectrum was the students who meditated every day on their own already. So I, I couldn't really hit a good, a good middle ground here with this class, but I did it anyway. Cause this girl said it really worked for her. So basically what it was, was I, in my best, like calm and soft and like very like easygoing voice, I walked them through this chocolate meditation of like, okay, now slowly unwrap the chocolate. And now put it in your mouth. And now taste the chocolate. <laughs> I literally went step by step. And I felt as stupid as I think they all thought I was while we did this. But at the end of it, and basically you're like, notice all of the flavors of the chocolate. Notice the texture. Notice the smell. Like notice everything about it. Like notice the way that it feels against your tongue versus against your teeth. And as dumb as I felt, and I was hoping that no one knew how dumb I felt while I was walking through this. But at the end of it, the people that were like really averse to it were like, that was actually really nice. And every we dimmed the lights, everybody closed their eyes. So it was a very like relaxing environment too. But I found that having something to focus on was the help there. So I'm like, you know, you remove the chocolate and you're basically doing the same thing and you're just noticing the sounds around you. You're noticing the feel around you and things like that, just minus the chocolate. And I found that that was really, and even the students that were just really not excited about it found some kind of help from it. And I think it was just because we stopped for like 10 minutes and just stopped. And it was awesome. And I totally forgot to tell you about that. I think when I did it for some reason so much. So yeah. So that's, that's what worked for, for my class. And it seems like that might be a good like intro maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think, um, cause I was going to say like just being conscious in the moment is actually like the biggest thing that I found to be the most helpful of consistently being like, just breathe. And so when they're doing the meditations, a lot of the guidance is like, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. So it's, so when you're just thinking about your breath, you're not thinking about anything else. And so those like starter packages of like, (laughs) here's how to get into it. Um, I found that really helpful where it's like, okay, if, you are mantraing to yourself in a way, um, but it keeps you focused on just one thing at a time, which is exactly what being present is, is you are fully aware of the moment that you're in. And then secondarily, the thing that ended up resonating with me the most was a week-long um, session on the five senses. Ah, And so taste was one of them. And that one was actually the one that really stuck with me because it was like, 
at the end of it, she was like, remember this next time you have a taste in your mouth or next time you're eating or next time you drink your chai latte for the day. And so then you kind of remember to go back to that where I would, you know, be eating my sandwich at lunchtime. And I was like, oh yeah, what am I tasting? Mm -hmm. And so it's really a reminder. I think the basis of it all is just, it's a reminder of like, I can incorporate this into the task that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and like remain calm and remain focused. And like, I'm having a conversation with you and there are no other distractions that are happening around us right now. And if there are, focus on what's in front of you mm-hmm. or cause they kind of, I feel like, you know, when I was saying earlier about like people would tell me things and I'd be like, how, <laughs> <laughs> how do I actually do this? And so, um, when I thought about a, a content, a concept that people have mentioned, which is like, think of your thoughts as floating clouds. <laughs> like, you're like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> that sounds, Tell me more about that. (laughs) And I couldn't, it's like, there are certain things that you just don't connect with. So I feel like in that moment of like your classmate or your students who are focused on just unwrapping and eating that one chocolate and what it tastes like to them, it's like what resonates with you in that moment. And Mm so when I thought about um, the clouds, it was, I was revisited to this moment where it's like, think of your like anxiety as a little bubble that floats away. I was like, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing that it doesn't work for you and figuring out an analogy and incorporating it into your own personal practice. So for me, like the concept of the clouds was like me laying in the grass and watching the clouds pass by and being present in the moment. So I was like, it's not necessarily that my thoughts are the clouds that are floating and I'm just watching them pass by. It's like, no, I'm in this moment that I find very peaceful. Mm -hmm. And maybe for someone else, it's like being in their bed because it's cozy or laying on the beach and just listening to the waves. And so the biggest thing in that sense is like, what's the learning here? It's figure out what resonates with you because that's going to have the most impact when you're practicing this on a consistent basis. And I think the biggest thing is just not doing it when you're in a spiral moment, Mm -hmm. thinking about it as a, this is a daily thing and I'm going to just take five minutes for myself and start small. And it's definitely, like you said, it's like that definite coping mechanism that you don't want to call on just when you're kind of like losing your stuff a little bit. Um, You want to learn how to utilize it so you don't get to that point and start that breaking process. So that's really helpful. And if you're a person out there that finds that sitting still and, and doing doing mindfulness, I guess that way is really helpful. Then I, like Brianna said, she uses simple habit. Headspace is another really good one. I'm sure there are more out there. So if you have suggestions for them, then please share because I think we'll be excited to hear them too. But if you're like me... (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, Sid, we need to dive into... The, the non the other side <laughs> non meditation lovers yeah i so 
you know, I just shared my fun story about uh, chocolate meditation, which was fun. But if I did that every day, then I'd have a problem. Um, I'm trying to cut out some sugar. So maybe like (laughs) carrot meditation or like veggie of some kind salad. It just made it was funny, too, because when you were telling it, I was thinking about that one episode where um, of Boy Meets World, where Eric learns how to ice skate for for a date that he was going on. And he listens to the the tape that his friend recorded for him oh, it was yeah. his mom's like i'm quitting like it was like a, a meditate a sleep meditation of like food does not own you <laughs> put down the burger it was like his friend recording over it like food does not own you pick up the skates own the skates do the skating <laughs> and so i was like i feel like eating thinking about cho- chocolate eating every day would turn into a weird uh bad bad sugar habit forming (laughs) yeah absolutely and like mindful eating is definitely a thing that we can get into at a later date but it just reminded me of like if i did that with cake i inhaled a a piece of scratch bake shop cake yesterday and like inhaled it did not even stop to think about it i was like this is so good i'm gonna finish it as fast as possible instead of actually like taking a beat and being like this is so good and like really going through those steps of enjoying it like actually enjoying it instead i was just so eager to just have all of it that I think it just passed me by which means I need another one to really try again (laughs) yes you need another piece of cake but um I do want to get into like what you how you incorporate mindfulness into your daily practice because not everybody will practice yoga and not everybody will sit and meditate and it you but you can still be present in your own life in a variety of different ways Yeah. And that's, it's been, it's been really hard. Honestly, this subject is very hard for me to wrap my head around because of the information that's out there around mindfulness really is about stillness. Um, and not that sitting still is necessarily hard for me, especially when I've got like a, you know, a boy meets world marathon or a will and grace marathon on like sitting still is great, but I need to learn how to, how to focus on my thoughts and figure out how to do that in, I don't know, maybe relative silence of some, of some kind. So that's been a a struggle for me, I think. So I did a little bit of research on figuring out how does someone who doesn't do the Headspace app or the simple habit, like if, if sitting still is just genuinely not an option for you because of how restless you get, um, what are our options for, for the others (laughs) out there? Um, you're not others. It's just a different perspective. Just different. Just different. So I found that for me, the gym, um, has been really helpful for something like this. And when I dove into that a little bit more, like there's gotta be something out there, right. That supports people who, who like to, the, the way that they are mindful is by staying active. And I found that when I was like, running up against a brick wall recently, like everything was kind of piling up really quickly. And I just really needed to take a beat and I couldn't somehow find time that for the record, I know existed out there, but I just wasn't segmenting it the right way. And when I took a day to really like come down a few and figure out how to slow down a little bit, stretching was really, really helpful. Um, and I had been thinking about it actually for the week prior to taking the time to do it. So for me, my morning is super, super regimented. I get up, I go to the gym, I shower, I'm at work on time. I have coffee. Like every part of my day is like, 
kind of very, uh, structured, especially in the morning. Um, so I was like, how am I going to figure out how to fit stretching and every, all of the fitness people out there who know that stretching is really good for you. I know it too. <laughs> it's just I'm, I'm smirking right now because I used to yell at her all the time. It's just hard sometimes. So I found that that is the one thing that falls off. So I have like a 45 to an hour workout that I have time for in the morning and finding like an extra 15 to fit stretch into that became very difficult for some reason. So this day that I took, I actually stretched and I thought about everything I was doing. And I instantly felt, because I think in my workout, I'm thinking about what I'm doing, but I'm also thinking about the next thing. It's part of my routine. I'm on to the next. And then I get on the treadmill and then I'm done. And then I'm literally, my mind is into my day. So there was no mindfulness around that at all. But with stretching, I I didn't just take the time to stretch. I took the time to think about how my body felt while I was stretching and how my mind felt while I was stretching. Like, was there a release of energy? Was there any good feeling coming from this? Was it hard? Did it feel like any type of way? And I, and I found that that was really helpful for me. So, so from that I took, okay, is, does it mean getting up just a little bit earlier to to fit that stretch time in, because I think that would be my version of mindfulness for the morning. Because again, when I'm, when I'm doing like a lift or a treadmill workout, I'm thinking about a lot of things, especially when you're on the treadmill, you're listening to music or you're listening to a podcast and you're just like on a roll. But do you take your headphones out when you're stretching? Yeah. Okay. There's no music. There's no like chatter. It's just literally like sinking into whatever I'm doing and thinking about, especially because stretching is hard for me (laughs) because I do it so, so little. Um, it doesn't always feel great, but it does like, you know, that weird kind of good pain. That's what it feels like. It's like like a massage and it's also preventing future injuries. So everybody should always be stretching. (laughs) Don't follow my lead. Um, but you could like, it was that moment where like I was sinking into that stretch and my mind was actively saying like, Oh, like feel that stretch, like really be present with how you're feeling right now. And I found that that was really helpful. Um, and so going off of that, there was an article from fast company that talked about how you can be an active mindfulness person and and it can be action oriented. Um, and they talked about walking and movement and, and how, like when you're on a walk, it doesn't have to be like, throw your headphones in and like power through your walk, but like, it can be a leisurely walk. And it's, it's like that five minutes that Brianna's talking about, about taking that time for yourself. Like the, the, there's no distraction there. You are guided through a moment. And the literal only difference is I'm walking versus sitting still, because I find when I'm sitting still, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm wasting time, even though I'm not. So the action there is that at least my mind is settled because I'm moving. So it feels like I'm in a direction or taking action in some way, but I still can take advantage of that guided meditation. I'm just in movement when I do it. So that was really helpful. And I, and I think what they talked about too, was like, the intentional thought on every step that you're taking. So when we're talking about how you can notice your breath, um, you can do that while you walk too, which in my mind somehow was a huge gap. Yeah. <laughs> like it just wasn't possible. And again, to define, because that was another thing I was like, what does it mean to notice your breath? How? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> how? how do you do that? And it's literally saying to yourself, you're like, I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out and that's it. 
this also serves as a meditation. Yeah. Let's do it together, guys. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I think sometimes the more that I think about this, it feels stupid when you start like, and maybe not everybody feels that way, but honestly, like I think sometimes I just felt stupid. I just felt like, Oh, this is such a waste of time. Or like, Oh, I really need to learn how to notice my breath. Like, woof, really? Or you want to immediately be a pro at it. Right. It's like, you're not going to be. And even something as, as seemingly easy as slowing down is so difficult for so many people. And you're right. Like it takes, I mean, it takes a pro to take the time to do this and not that you have to be like, you know, instantly great at it, but it takes time to learn how to do anything, including sitting still or including taking an, taking an intentional walk and noticing every step you take and noticing the pond that's next to you or the snow or something like that, where usually we're moving so fast that we don't notice those things. And I think for me, I, I am an action person and, um, there's still a way to do this without having to necessarily sit still, but it still takes work. Like mm-hmm. anybody can take a walk, right. Or take a stroll or a bike ride or, um, whatever you're able to do, but to notice what's around you while you're doing it is what brings you back to center and focusing on that and focuses on that, like mindfulness mm-hmm. of the task that you're doing. Um, so I think that's, what's helped for me. Yeah. I heard, um, one of my coworkers said that just being present in the shower of mm-hmm. like, I am shampooing my hair right now. I am scrubbing the loofah on my arm. Yeah. Obviously. And it's the, it's acknowledgement, right? It's acknowledgement instead of judgment. Mm-hmm. And it is honesty instead of, of like coming up with a reason that you're doing what you're doing. Like as soon as you do that, you've, you've, you're on another track. Mm-hmm. You are not present. You are judging yourself for the way that you're doing something. Or if you're not being honest, like, today is a hard day and acknowledging that and you're like, but like yesterday was a great day. Like, but but you're then totally out of the present moment. And that was another article that I read, I think also, uh, from shine text. And that was another thing that they mentioned was like, you need to be acknowledging and know the difference between acknowledging and judging and honesty and like a path down the rabbit hole of, of like sugarcoating things for yourself and giving yourself a pass. Like no, no one's here to judge you, including you. So no one's going to look at you and be like, you're sugarcoating everything right now for yourself. It's like, give yourself a, a, a pass or do yourself a favor and just let yourself feel what it is you're feeling without going in another direction and, and losing sight of why you've started this process. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really helpful too. So even in that again can happen in action. It can happen when you're on a walk or when you're sitting still. So it's like kind of those, those parentheses around what you're doing. Yeah. And again, thinking about the concept of being present in the moment that you're in, I feel like that's, that's the action or the activity or the purpose of what we're trying to get through here today is like, Whatever you're doing in that moment, do that in that moment. So you're having a conversation because I am, I get distracted by outside sounds all the time. And so like, for me, it's like, I'm having a conversation with Sid right, right now. I'm listening to what Sid is saying to me. And when you're in those conversations or you're driving to work, you're do the one thing, do one right. thing at a time. Single tasking is the best way to like 
shift yourself. So like, not only will we be awesome at time management, and like getting <laughs> stuff done, yeah, you, <laughs> but you'll also be seemingly, uh, helping yourself with being present and mindful. Yeah. I think, and to your point, the thing that sticks out for me all the time for some reason is something that Juliana Rancic from uh, E! News slash the E! Network said. And I, you know, I don't follow everything she does, <laughs> but this is one thing that really resonated with me. And I think we, we have a tendency to do the more that's on our plate is you know, when you're at work, you're also kind of thinking about what you're going to make when you get home. Or if you're at home, you're probably thinking a little bit about what you haven't done at work yet. And what she said was because her, I think it was after she had her baby Duke. So this one must've been like a few years Years ago, ago, at least now. Um, but she's like, when I'm at work, I'm at work and things obviously will come up and you deal with them as they come up. But when you're at work, you can focus on the work that you're doing. When you're at home, you're fully present with your kid or your family or your TV, like be fully present with where you are. And I think that speaks to mindfulness, not necessarily in the meditative state, but in the like presence kind of a way. Like if you are present with where you are and what you're doing, then, then hopefully that next step for you, if mindfulness and and meditating or walking meditation is something that you want to include in your life, maybe that first step is being present where you are. And then you've at least gotten into some kind of a habit of working on just that, like you said, single tasking. So you're there and you're working on this. Then maybe that next step is, okay, what's happening while I'm here? Like what smells do I smell while I'm here? Or what how does like how does my mouse feel under my hand like it's it's like those then one layer deeper to really be present in where you are and then maybe that next step is sitting guided meditation or walking guided meditation yeah. but it's definitely for not for for everybody it's not all at once and it can't be a, a 180 shift from your everyday but that that noticing where you are and what you're thinking about when you are where you are <laughs> might be that first step to the next, to the next thing. And it could also be the only step. Like that could be Mm -hmm. the best thing that you do and the only thing you do. And if that's it for you, that's awesome. Like you don't have to be like, you know, a Buddhist monk and taking a vow of silence. Absolutely. You could, if you want to, but that's your um, thing. Yeah. But I think your point there is like, this is the tip of an iceberg. And so we're just trying to help the getting started moment because we're both kind of in that space right now Mm -hmm. and it was always challenging to it's like you know as they always say is just start just start and it is it's it's you have to find the the time and you have to be ready I mean again with anything and I think everything that we'll talk about on this podcast you have to be ready to start and then it's just starting it is just that process so what we're gonna do for the week between this episode and our next episode is try well Brianna's already obviously doing this a lot I am not so really putting what we've talked about today into practice and reporting back to you all to see how we did or how we started or how it felt and all of those things and and how we'll kind of do this going forward. So I'm excited to, to actively try this again, especially since stretching is the best thing ever. <laughs> and I'm ready to actually do it every day instead of only like once a month. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was that. Yeah. And I think, um, in terms of all the info that we shared and the links and the apps that we referenced, that will all be in show notes, but we also want to hear from you guys about what's working for you. And if there's anything, um, that you've read or tips that you found helpful, um, we, we want to know 
what to do because this is always a work in progress. So absolutely. And if anybody's tried chocolate meditation, I want to know. I want to know. That's great. (laughs) Until next time, Sid. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us at Queen Speaking on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram and tell us all about it. See you next week.